I'm Martin Cove, Sensei John Kreese from Cobra Kai and the Karate Kid Trilogy. And who's kicking it with the Coves this week, Rach? We have Jacob Bertrand, who plays Hawk from Cobra Kai. I'm so excited. You know, my dad's a doctor, so he has to, like, wear the scrubs and the special hat and all that crap. And so he found out that I was getting a mohawk. He was like, dude, oh, I'm so jealous. I wish I could have a mohawk at my job. Oh, God, you're so lucky. Don't miss out. Listen to and follow Kicking It With The Coves. Now at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Podcast One. Hey, this is Shift and Stare. Welcome to the party, Welcome to the party pal. That's right, buddy. <laughs> and you guys know that that is catching on strong when oh. the U.S. president used it the other day, and uh, um, Aunt Anstead, who we all know, put out a little, a really long thing about driving the Range Rovers, and he said, I was up there with my pals. Now, when was the uh, last time I heard an Englishman use pals? See, it's because, because of this. Yeah. Well, yeah. You, you know if the president's using it that it's still in fashion. Yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> How did he even remember it? So anyway, <laughs> we'll go there. Hey, um, on today's show, we're going to talk about how uh, there's big things happening at SEMA. And uh, yeah. a dude broke his back. And there's a lot of Ford news today, Matt. Um, <laughs> a dude drove his back driving a Ford. Fords can roll away. Ford <laughs> lost a ton of money. And there's some news about Ford and SEMA. And uh, that and some other stuff that's going on. And uh, it's all today on Shift and Steer. But first, we're going to tell you about Geico. Geico asks, would you love to save money on insurance? Of course. Who doesn't love a deal? When it comes to great rates on insurance for everything, Geico can help. Insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, RV, even homeowners, condo, or renters coverage. Save some more with a special discount when you bundle coverages because plus add the easy to use Geigle mobile app. I said Geigle. It's Geico. It said Geico mobile app and 24 hour roadside assistance and switch to Geico becomes a no brainer. But I think I have a no brainer going on switch today and see how you can save. (laughs) simply go to Geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent. That's G-E-I-C-O dot com. Racing rides, people, and places. With your host, Brad Banjo, Matt D'Andrea, and Aaron Hagar. New media for a new type of motorsport enthusiast. Well, you guys got me today. I'm job, reading Brad. Matt's jacket, <laughs> and Aaron's lighting matches. And uh, I lost my train of thought. But uh, I, uh, those of you that can't see, every time Brad reads ads because we're on Zoom, we always mess with them by by doing a little show and tell in the background. 
Sometimes it's worse than other times. So. Yeah. 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 Matt, I won't be able to get that out of my head for a while either. So, <laughs> <laughs> so hey, uh, right at the top of the show, something that everybody knows about, everybody waits for, and we always attend is the SEMA show. Yeah. And there was big news from SEMA. And yeah. uh, it's big news for the industry because um, they announced that uh, – some major automotive companies are going to make a bigger presence this year at SEMA, that they're going to take more space. Now, do you think that could be because two of their other biggies pulled out? (laughs) Um, Ford Motor Company, who not only has that giant, you know, peninsula uh, across, I I call it the, the, the overlook. You know, yeah. it's raised and it's that whole area uh, that that they have the glass cube up top that they've, you know, commanded for years. But they also have that huge drifting and driving area out front. So that's a big change, Matt. Yeah, Ford's not going to go to SEMA at all, which is interesting. Of course, everybody's wow. speculating why. Well, they lost $3 billion uh, already this year. Yeah, so that I, might be part of it. I, yes, you would think it's it's a big financial thing. But, you know, Honda pulled out of the SEMA show as well. And curious if uh, if we heard any news as to why they wanted to do that. Well, I can tell you, but they'd kill me if I told you. Because uh, I was told. I mean, they always had like cool stuff and retro things and whatever, but they didn't have quite the presence there that that Ford and GM does, right? Right. So, right. you know, Honda skipping out on the event, <laughs> it's very easy for Honda to go. Yeah, we're skipping out on the event because we're we just find more marketing power at different events. Uh, you know, keep in mind what the last two years uh the long beach grand prix is the acura grand prix of long beach now right so that's a right a big probably a big long-term financial commitment for them to put their name on there they took the took it away from toyota who is the longtime sponsor so right and they're putting more into their imsa team and they're doing a lot of things and these companies have to look at I mean, everybody thinks of them these giant companies and, oh, what? how much could SEMA? Well, no, it costs a lot and they only have so much marketing dollars. And um, and Ford runs really much deeper, as we all know, because of their dollar cars and that program. And, you know, um, for those of you who don't know, because we always take it for granted, everybody's an interesting guy, but... Ford and GM and some of the other companies, they will grant people a vehicle for a dollar. In exchange, they have to develop parts. They have to customize the vehicle and show it at SEMA and throughout the following year. And um, and that costs them a lot of money because it's not just giving them the car for a dollar. But when I've been involved in those programs, they send people out periodically to check on them throughout the build. They bring you back to Detroit and, and, you know, you know, help you with things. And so there's, there's a lot of money spent on that and that's going to be missed. Now I will say the dollar card program might still be there uh, because they usually started that by now. So we might see some cars at SEMA that are presented by Ford 
but maybe and maybe Honda and Acura are working on something, you know, to to have some other kind of a presence, you know, just because they're not going to have a booth. Maybe they're going to have some other kind of a presence. Um, I heard one rumor with Ford was that um, they were doing a <laughs> endorsement deal with Matt DeAndre to wear sandwich boards throughout the show. I'm using a little spinner thing. I'm going you know? to spin that thing around. All yeah, of- I, I've been practicing out in the That'd wind. That'd be awesome. You should pitch them on that. You can stand, you know, go, hey, man, 25000 bucks. The opening day, I will stand out there. Yeah. Doing, okay. Tell me that wouldn't make Instagram every single person. <laughs> Dressed up like a Pikachu. <laughs> Brad, you did bring up, of course, a, a good point. I mean, Ford and Honda not having booths or a, you know, a big paid presence at SEMA doesn't mean they're not going to be at SEMA, right? right. You, there could be still dollar cars, like you said, lots of builds probably already in the works, uh, things that they've already uh, done um, supporting builders and sponsors with, you know, with parts and, and things like that. So I, I expect it to still be significant, but you know, what do you, what do you think they're going to do with that with Ford out front and what's going to happen to, uh, to that big Ford booth? Cause that's a prime piece of real estate right there. Do you yeah. think that maybe, uh, you know, Chrysler or, you know, take it over and have Dodges out there or something like that. I mean, it's interesting because, it's it's an area, but as you said, you know, Honda has always been there. Acura has always been there. Toyota's the same. Um, they just don't take – I mean, GM was the first. GM has been there the longest of anybody with a major presence, and then Ford took that over. I can remember uh, dating myself here, guys, going to see You're my, dating yourself? I know. I'm dating myself. <laughs> hey, I'm a good day. Um <laughs> The uh, the thing is, is that uh, I can remember the days of going to SEMA when um, the the main hall was the only thing. You had the little rotunda, but Ford wasn't up there. And it was that was like coveted spaces up there by various aftermarket companies. And, you know, you'd you, you'd walk through there and then you'd walk down. And I remember um, back then. B&M Transmissions had the very center booth at the bottom of the stairs. And um, not only was it like a prime position, but they also had the best item at the show, which was these cardboard boxes that were they're all dressed out in, in um, B&M advertising, like a small briefcase. And it had a little slot in the top with a spring and you could load all your catalogs in it and carry it around like a little, it had a handle on it. And oh you would, and then at the end of the show, they had a booth where you could take those tape them together, slap a UPS uh, slip on it and have them shipped home. Now, you know, back in the days when you had to have a catalog for every booth and it was really awesome. I remember, you know, taking those home and, and I, you guys aren't going to believe this, but I think I still have one somewhere in my way. Yeah, probably do. That's pretty cool. Yeah. <laughs> Brad, what was it like to go to a SEMA show where the uh, credentials on the lanyard were actually made in stone? <laughs> <laughs> they weren't made in stone. Come on. But they were. Is all your names? 
<laughs> the dot matrix, yeah. <laughs> and you think uh, I'm kidding, don't you? <laughs> what was it like wearing a tartan made out of animal skin, Brad? Yeah. <laughs> hey, SEMA show was a lot different in the 80s, guys. I mean, we're talking not only was it smaller, the front was a parking lot. There was not a car displayed out there. Um, and uh, I mean, not even on that, you know, because that walkway out front, the convention center has been remodeled. It really didn't exist. There was just a parking lot and everybody wore a suit. It was like wow. suit and tie and it was business attire. And uh, hence and, the briefcase. Think, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and I think I, I've mentioned this before when I, um, Bought into Boyd's and Boyd and I became partners. Our big red semi was the very first vehicle to ever have an outdoor display. Um, wow. We went to SEMA and talked to him. And then we were uh, in business with BF Goodrich at the time as our official tire supplier. And so BF Goodrich and us, we showed up that first year and we must have started something because we had all the hot rods. We had my customized Mercedes sitting out front and it was pretty cool. People thought that was something out. They were like, whoa, man, you know, and, and it was, it was neat. Yeah. But yeah. Hey, uh, I, I was looking for one of those briefcases online. Uh, I can't find one. So if you do find it, we'd love to see it. <laughs> I, I, I seriously do have one somewhere. I saw it not that That'd long ago. That'd be pretty cool. It's probably still got old catalogs in it. Um, yeah, right. Yeah. And, and the um, PS label. The, uh, the thing is, um, I think we're going to see a different SEMA again this year. I, you know, because I, I have, I'm not saying anything bad about SEMA. I love the SEMA show, but I think some companies did realize, forced into it because of the pandemic, that maybe for them, they didn't need to continue to exhibit at SEMA. So I'll be interested to see how it changes what companies made that decision, what companies have downsized, and what companies changed their overall marketing approach? Because it'll be it'll be a whole different scene, I think. Yeah, yeah it's going to be very interesting. But, yeah, I, the climate I, I, has definitely changed. I love the show. The changes, uh, you know, kind of, kind of bum me out. I'm going to miss the Ford booth there. Oh, yeah. And, and Honda there. And who knows? what else is going to happen over the course of the year, but you know, I guess it is what it is, but I, I, I do enjoy the event. I, oh, definitely. It's, I mean, come on, it's a spectacle. It's, you know, <laughs> and, 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 you know, it's, and, and of course, you know, there's been fewer parties in recent years, which we loved it when some of these parties got so crazy. Do you guys remember uh, going to the hard rock for like the kicker party and it got to the point where the one year they had Nitro Circus performing. And I mean, it was, it got like super crazy at times. And our BF Goodrich would take us out to the uh, Las Vegas Motor Speedway and let us drive cars. And I mean, there's all, yeah, it's, it's crazy. car week in Vegas. I mean, oh yeah. my God. <laughs> is, but I'm a, I'm a performance parts super freak. Like I know I, you are. I, I go around and just, I get into it, some of the, the details with these guys of, of everything, just like new camshafts and what's going on with gauges. And and I, I love all of that. Uh, I, I, will that aspect admit, of it. I will admit that um, in my early years of going, before, you know, I'm talking before Boyd's, when I just went over and, uh, 
you know, I had my Scottsdale Motoring Concepts badge, which was my made up company to get into the show. Uh, <laughs> did I just say, well, that was years ago. Um, but uh, I, I kind of miss being able to just walk every aisle looking in detail at every booth and like you said going oh look at because when you tell me about something that you know oh did you say i go no i never made it over there because yeah we're all busy doing stuff you know we do. i i take i take one day usually my last day at sema and i go over to the new parts showcase and I walk up and down every aisle of the new parts showcase. There's a few things that not too interested in and you know, you can, you get by it pretty quickly, but I go through and, uh, and you guys have probably seen like on my social media or on Facebook the past a few years. I have. Yeah. I've, I do a new parts showcase gallery and I try to get like a picture of the part and the the card that has like the name of the company the estimated price and so you can kind of see what's going out there in over the course of a new year i spend more time walking through the new parts showcase than i do adding captions and tagging the parts on my facebook page. so it's not really searchable you have to scroll through to go through them all but um, and i'm probably the only one that goes through the gallery like like two years later, I'm going to go, what did we release two years ago at SEMA? And I go, oh, I, I remember that. I remember that. But Well, well, well speaking of that tech, Matt, uh, nowadays with QR codes, if you take a good photograph of a QR code, someone can, you know, go go on their iPad, for instance, with their phone and actually scan that QR code. So I believe. So you, uh, you, you can. So because we've been doing... Be- yeah. For for Bravago for the beverage company, <laughs> I get proofs, you know, like like design proofs and cans and boxes and stuff emailed me to me, and I can shoot my phone on the QR code of the proof on my laptop, and yeah, and so it's, it's pretty cool. So so that that's going to get easier. You know, it's funny too because uh, I was trying to find some information, and if I took photos of of this vehicle and that vehicle, and I was going through my last two years at SEMA and. I don't take enough pictures. I mean, I, I remember, you know, just. I didn't take enough last files. year. Last year was yeah. weird. It just seems like. I didn't go last year, but yeah. Yeah. But, but, but yeah, it's, it's like I'm finding I'm taking less and less pictures because we're so busy that I, I don't get around to get pictures or there's just a million people in the photo and it's not worth taking, you know? Yeah. That's I, uh, I try to get back and go, go through again on that last day and take a bunch of pictures. And sometimes there's duplicates because i'll see a car and i'll remember it's cool and i don't remember if i got a picture of her or not <laughs> just in case back, but um i'll i'll get there early sometimes like just an hour early and walk around and take pictures you know because with yeah. our media badges we can usually get in an hour early and and that's the best time because there's not like you said aaron a, a million people standing in front or or right as you take it the guy leans in to look at something you, know? <laughs> you see that one but, straight leg yeah. yeah but um anyways so part of this and we surmised and guessed that maybe part of the problem is the losses at ford but those losses at ford a big part of them are their investment in rivion and uh you know, I said to you guys before the show, I said, is is Rivion pulling down our economy? And it That's quite it literally is. is true because Ford may not be as big a player, which still blows me away because this morning as we're recording this, Rivion's stock is at like $35 a share. 
Ford is at 14 and some change. Wow. How does that make sense? Ford is a longstanding worldwide brand with hard assets, factories, and, you know, uh, design patents and all that. And Rivian is new to the block, and they're worth twice as much a share as Ford, which makes no sense to me. I know why, because of investments and like that. But, but going back, the reason I say it's pulling down our economy is because it has toppled some of Ford's value, but it also hit Amazon this week because they had a big over a billion and a half dollars loss. Um, and that, that has brought down their share price tremendously, like a hundred billion dollars. I mean, it's, wow. it's crazy. Yeah. That, there's some, Oh, sorry. Go on. That one's a little more surprising because you, you thought during the pandemic that Amazon was just, just became a cash cow because of everybody just mail ordering everything. And they yeah. still well, do, but, but, well, think- but, but, but now we're having more shortages and, and the war in Ukraine and all the sanctions and, yeah. and, all that yeah. and, then, and then China's completely shut down again. So, so, so we're probably going to see another huge wave of, of uh, empty shelves and yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting times. Well, and that is a very good point. Um, have either of you guys ordered any performance parts lately? Nope. Uh, I've tried to, I'm trying to get tires. <laughs> tires are oh. a major problem. I'm, yeah. I'm trying to get tires and uh, it's been a little difficult. I have, I have customers uh, from my wheel company that I talk to and getting tires is major. But parts across the board, I talk to a lot of people and, and I'm talking to people from Australia, Japan, um, and here in the States, and it's the same everywhere. Well, of course, it's worse in Japan and Australia because a lot of those people have to transship from here to there. And, uh, but they're having real problems and it doesn't matter if it's brakes or carburetors or there's always, and I've talked to some other people at other companies and it's always like one insignificant little part, but it's not insignificant when you can't get it. Right. The brake uh, lock. Yeah. I, you know, I, it's, it's, <laughs> I, I know I've, I brought this up before, but on the, on the truck, the Ford Lightning, I'm having this, this group to build this new front suspension for me. Great group out of, out of Canada, Epic Rod in, in customs. They're making a whole front suspension clip, upper, lower control arms, rack and pinion steering, the whole thing. And uh, yeah, we we're waiting for a bearing, just one bearing. This is an, an entire front suspension yep. system completely built on the, like the K member, and in like the whole thing is just built and assembled and sway bar and just kind of like a whole unit on a pallet. And there was one bearing, like uh, I think it was like a QA one part. And I think we've been waiting since November. Wow. And, and he emailed me today and he's like, it's done. I got your stuff. It's on a pallet. It's shipping out. 
I'm like, who is this? <laughs> oh, <laughs> and he's, yeah. like, he's like, this is Sam. Yeah, I'm from Canada. You remember me? And I'm like, yeah, okay. Oh, and I already like, pulled out a Mustang 2 front end under it. You know, it's, it's uh, it, it, right. It's, I mean, it's kind of, it's kind of like getting like that, like a whole IFS uh, right. that we're going to put in it. But yeah, we had the conversation last year and uh, longer, longer than that, even because at one point we thought we were going to get the suspension in and get it into the truck and bring the truck to the SEMA show last year. So we started early last year. And then when we needed the bearing, I think we waited till like November and it just came in and. I don't know. Yeah. There's a few parts that were available and then some really not. And just the delays were, were crazy, but wait, oh, it's everywhere. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like in my wheel business, we're getting outer hoops, but not in the frequency we used to. And it's certain size. Like right now I'm waiting on 15 inch hoops. We don't do a lot of 15 inch or a lot of 17 inch anymore. But we do them. And the factory says, we don't do a lot of 15 or 17 inch either. (laughs) So we're not making them as much. And so it's like, wait, you know, because, uh, you know, but um, certain sizes, like we've been back ordered on 2210s, which is like a staple now. And I mean, I've got so many centers stacked waiting for 2210s. And they're finally supposed to be here next week, which is like, thank God. I mean, you know, because you can only have that stuff sitting around for so long. But, um, but yeah, it's throughout the aftermarket. Tires, Matt, are huge. I mean, I have customers that can't get the tires they need really bad. Especially high-performance tires. You know, um, those are the ones that the, the tire companies are telling me are really kind of backordered. Uh, you know, we were just at the the racetrack a week or so ago, Adam was racing, Adam Cole was racing some Trans Am, got a, got a little off the track and, and hurt the back of the car and ended the racing weekend. He's fine. The car is fine. It's, it's, it's actually going to be pretty easy to fix. Good. But the team was like, the back of the car has got the fuel cell, the bladder, and it, it got all bent up and, and they were there and they're like, Forget the battery, forget the fans, forget the coolers. But like, let's see if we can get the fuel cell out. And they got the bladder out. And they're like, oh, yeah, it did what it was supposed to do. It flexed a little bit. It's fine. There's no damage to it at all. It was kind of protected. And I'm like, yeah, uh, okay. What's the what's the deal? Like, and why are you guys <laughs> losing your mind? And he goes, oh, he goes, oh, back at the shop, we'll just cut the bars out and weld in new stuff. That'll take us two days. But we waited five months to get the fuel cell bladder. And he goes, so if that was damaged, we've lost our racing season because we're not going to get it again. And he's like, so we're going to be good. We're going to be back on the track in a week. He goes, that's all they were concerned about was the wait time. So weird stuff that that you can't get, you know. And like you said, the performance tires, Matt. Uh, I talked to one of the guys, one of the tire companies, and he said, yeah, he goes, when we're limited on what we can build, he goes, we're building production tires, you know? And I'll yeah. tell you, my customers who are really hurting is um, 24 by 15s. There's one tire. It is a Pirelli. And Pirelli usually only makes like 600 of them a year or something. Wow. And uh, 
this year they're not making them. Well, all these guys who wore out their tires, they don't have anywhere to go. And the yeah. used market is already the used market. They went up to like eighteen hundred bucks tire. They, you know, they're gone. So these guys are just. I get calls probably twice a week. Hey, you know anybody who's got any Pirelli four, you know, twenty five? And I'm like, nope. Wow, wow. Uh, well, I'll, I'll tell you. I, I'm curious how it's going to trickle down to the used car market. Because now with with more production shortages, you know, and Volkswagen announced stuff and everybody's, you know, talking like, hey, we can't deliver. Um, it's going to be interesting. Uh, I, I, I saw online that, that people were talking about maybe the used car price bubble is, is bursting and things are stabilizing and prices are coming down on other vehicles. And I wonder if this is going to have another surgence uh, or if it's not because, you know, used cars may need parts like tires or water pumps or fuel hoses, especially the classic cars. Uh, I know part of the reason, it's a small part, but part of the reason I'm, I'm letting go of so many vehicles is because it's taking too long to fix them. And little things, like you said, little things like tires and fuel lines and rubber parts um, are taking longer. My Defender has been in the shop waiting on parts since August. And we have the parts now, and now he can't even fit me in for on the schedule for another two months. So, yeah, it's really, really frustrating. That's a specialty vehicle. It's a, it's a classic car, but uh, a British car. But, um, yeah, this all trickles down to, to something, and I'm curious how it's going to affect the used car market and classic car market. Well, when you mention used cars and like that, did you guys see the thing about Carvana, that their mm -mm. stock is like in a free fall? Because as the whole world talked about used car prices being up and like that, I guess last year when they announced their results like that, they were so far off the mark. And people are like, wait a minute, you're supposed to be the, the innovators and the people in the used car market. And they didn't sell hardly a fraction of what they said they were going to do. And uh, oh, wow. so like their, their stocks, like, I, don't quote me but I believe it was 83% off of its high, which wow. is... Could be kind of cool to pick up one of those buildings that they have with all the cars stacked yeah, in it. Yeah, wouldn't that be cool? Car museum or car collection. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, I want to go down to 405. You buy that one right off the freeway and put your car yeah. in it. <laughs> yeah, you know I'm like, hey, Carvana, you want to sell that dealer of yours? Because that thing's kind of cool. <laughs> you, you know who might be a buyer for that would be like Bo Bachman. You know, he can... <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> have all the like the have all those uh Ed Roth cars in it one month and then the next month you have all the yeah. you know. <laughs> Bo no and Bo he would like buy like seven of those Carvana buildings and move them all to that Budweiser parking lot where they store cars. And yeah. now you would just drive by and you see all these giant like towers of cars out there. He's like, <laughs> I don't have enough space. I gotta go up in the air. I gotta put cars in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Just stack them up. That'd be cool. Um, That's goofy. I, well, I'm uh, going to IMSA this weekend, so uh, I'll, I'll I'll have something to talk about next week. Yeah. Did you get a hold of Dave? Did you hear back from him? Uh, no, I messaged him. I didn't hear back from him yet. So I'll hit yeah. him up and tell him you're going to be out there because I talked to him oh, last cool. night. Um, oh, cool. Yeah, I, I ran into him last year unexpectedly, which was really nice. I, I have more friends there than I realized, so I, I got to see a lot of people I hadn't seen in a while, which is really, really cool. Very cool. The, um, that not to pile on Ford, but, <laughs> um, did you see that they recalled 250,000 
Ford Explorers today? No. Oh, my God. And it was the weirdest thing because we talk about one little insignificant attachment or bolt or something like that. It says that there's an axle bolt that shears off and it allows the rear end to shift just enough that your, um, your, uh, gosh, my mind, uh, the, the car the drive can roll shaft disconnects. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Now here's my question. How many of us have worked on a car where you take out all the retainer clips and everything and you can't get that damn drive shaft out for nothing. That thing didn't <laughs> want to come apart. You're sitting yeah. There. Right. And, but, but basically they said they had people parking, putting their cars in park and, uh, and their car rolls away. Oh and, my God. <laughs> and wow. so, so yeah, that's a little bit of a problem. It's a little bit of a problem, but, uh, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, uh, we were on the freeway a few days ago, and I pointed to my wife and said, look, 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 look. Uh, it, going the other direction, there was a, a an older pickup truck, a, a big pickup truck, and uh, its whole rear end was like slanted sideways and, and halfway off the back of the truck. And you could see its driveline hanging down against the ground, bent like like uh, almost 90 degrees. So this was on um, the side of the road, actually. This was on the side of the road and there was a CHP behind him. And I told my wife, I said, man, that guy was so lucky because it, it, it had so much force that it tore the rear end right out of the back of the truck. And he was just off, off on the shoulder, like, like kind of diagonal to the road. And I, I told my wife, you know, that's those big braces are underneath. I said, if you lose it coming out of the back, you know, it just, it just bounces around and, and wreaks havoc. But if you lose it on the front, man, it could flip your car it could, you know, rip out the rear end just like this one was starting to. Um, you know, I hadn't seen that. Give you a, give yeah, you a little jolt. Yeah, come through the floor. I mean, it is catastrophic. And let me tell you, this guy got really, really lucky because <laughs> we were down in like, you know, down by SAC where, you know, people are doing 75, 80 on the freeway all day long. Uh, he was probably, you know, you would assume he was probably going high speed too. So, yeah. Yeah. Scary that's stuff. Our, that's why our drag cars have drive shaft safety loops. That's right. Mm-hmm. And, um, they do. Maybe every store um, needs one of those. Serious the, business. But I, I will say that new Ford Explorer is a good-looking vehicle. Yeah, yeah. It's I nice. mean, it is. It's that thing is. Uh, I've seen, and the way their um, designers have made them even more attractive with their coloring packages, and they're all black out, and there's one with bronze and things like that, and it's. It's 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 a darn good looking vehicle. I'm really, you know, I you know got to give them yeah. Kudos Listen, on that and, one. you know, keep in mind that you were talking earlier about Ford stock price going down, Amazon going down, uh, taking big losses, and unfortunately for Ford and Amazon, it's it's a direct reflection of Rivian. They both invested heavily in Rivian. And Rivian's taking a big loss. Their stock price has crashed. And Amazon, which owns 18% of Rivian, <laughs> had yes. a write-off billions of dollars. And I think Ford had a write-off, uh, I don't know, was it? $1.8 billion, I believe it was. Yeah. Um, Amazon had a, <laughs> it, Amazon had a write-down $7.6 billion. Yeah. That's why I'm saying it's it is quite literally taking the stock market down because when big companies 
you know, lose that kind of money, their stock goes and it, and when they're part of the S and P 500, it literally takes down the market. So, um, so are those companies out of Rivian now? Is Rivian not going to make the, the, the so Amazon trucks? And they're, they're not totally out. Right. So Rivian owns an 18% stake. Um, Amazon owns 18%. Ford has 12% of Rivian, but that's pretty significant. And when their stock price crashes, these guys take a huge loss on their value. I, you know, um, now I, I don't know what the total holding is anymore, what the value is of, of, of their stock, but you know, Ford put in 700 million and got like 7 billion out of it in stock, which they didn't sell off yet, I don't believe. And which is why now the value of that has, has tanked. So it's interesting because it, when the stock is high, it's valuable to those companies and you're going, great, that was a really good IPO for Rivian. But now you kind of feel like maybe Rivian jumped the gun on that IPO. If they had stayed private for two more years and then IPO'd, maybe with some significant sales under their belt first, I'm not even saying profitability, but just some sales. I think they kind of jumped the gun on the IPO. <laughs> that's, that's why I thought it's just, it used to be you build a big company and when you're making some money, you can, you can go public and that everyone gets awarded. And now it's yeah. like, if you're burning through cash and you have no sales, you still go public. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but also with the pandemic and the shortages and all that stuff, yeah. I'm sure that affected the whole the, the, the whole model, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it did. Everybody's affected by it one way or another. Hey, guys, um, uh, did you see that email that a listener sent in? Yeah, about a wheel. Uh, yeah. A guy named Ken... He's a listener, and uh, he says he follows our podcast, and uh, he said he shares our opinions on how a lot of OEM wheel designs really suck. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, but uh, he gave me a link that I shared with you guys Yeah. Uh, to the new Callaway Corvette and the wheels that they have, uh, and I agree with them. You know, uh, Callaway's always done a really good job. I mean, we... Go way back at Boyd's, we did some work with Callaway on their Corvettes, and they've always been very conservative in their styling, not any of these huge graphic uh, packages or any giant wings or anything, very functional, and um, and these wheels are right along that line. They're a good-looking multi-spoke wheel that uh, is nicer than what? Now, I will say we all know this is that the OEMs are quite limited on a lot of their designs because um, they have certain structural things they have to adhere to. And they also have to, you know, know that the, the end consumer, if they're putting a lifetime warranty or a five-year warranty or a hundred thousand mile warranty, those wheels got to be able to live up to a lot more scrutiny and a lot more, you know, abuse because people abuse yeah. stuff. Yeah. But, but the it's Callaway good, wheel, what do you guys think? It, it's good looking wheel, but you can see Callaway's motivation is, you know, thin spoke, lightweight, plenty mm -hmm. of spokes for, for strength. Um, but yeah, it's a good looking wheel. It's nice. It's not super innovative, but 
it is. It's not innovative, but it's yeah, a nice yeah. looking wheel. Yeah. And and I appreciate that our listeners are sharing with us because that means they're listening to the show. So, uh, but, but we just we had a conversation about wheels recently, and I was saying how you know the EV market, although those cars are heavy, wheel weight is going to become a factor, and mm-hmm. wheel aerodynamics. When you look at cars like Lucid, even when you go to their website, if you can get the you can order up the Lucid big edition one, whatever, 520 mile range with an ugly as hell wheel on it. That's just yeah. kind of a fan with no, right. It's really aerodynamic, are. but super it ugly. Like the Fiero. Remember the Fiero? Yeah. <laughs> but if you get the good looking wheel, it drops like 30 miles off the range. Cause that's just arrow at that point. Right. So right. it does make a difference. And I know the cars are very heavy. So you think about, well, if you did, a lighter weight wheel, would you get more range? You think maybe you wouldn't get that much range, but you know, we've had these conversations about if you're going to cut some weight off of a vehicle, reciprocating weight, like the wheel weight makes a difference on your ride quality and how much horsepower you're putting to the ground. And, unsprung weight is what yeah, they call it. Yeah. yeah the unsprung, unsprung weight, weight on that. Drag racers and racers have known it for years. Yeah. Yeah. Cause you think about, you know, when you're, designing your car building your hot rod or something you're like i move the engine back try to get the center weight and then immediate we're like what's the effect of a lightweight drive track drive shaft lightweight wheels you know and that multiplies more than just you know doing lightweight seats for example right right Cutting, right cutting 20 pounds of wheels versus 20 pounds of seats is not exactly the same no. <laughs> no, the wheels are much more of an impact because of that unsprung yeah. weight because you're pushing it, you know, you're, yeah. uh, but the, um, I think you're right. I think EVs will probably start seeing almost a boring wheel, just like a disc, like a moon disc type yeah. of thing with a light, super light, nothing wheel behind it, you know, and. Yeah, but I think there's a lot of room in the aftermarket, and you know, I I know there's a bunch of people rolling around in Teslas and stuff with custom wheels, but uh, as they should, because most of the factory wheels, I agree with Ken, our listener, that they're not very good. And getting into that market, uh, Brad, I'm surprised people aren't calling you for like Tesla fitments. Well, let me tell you something. We looked into Tesla, and do you know that 90 percent of the Tesla wheels that are on are cheap Chinese cast wheels. They're going yeah. totally oh. the opposite way because what happens is they just roll into a tire store and they say, I want some cousin. And the guy looks in there and he goes, okay, right here. They're made by XYZ company and this fits it. And the the consumer buying a Tesla for the most part doesn't understand what we're talking about. They just want a custom wheel. So they're actually yeah. increasing their rolling mass they're not reducing it. So you're right. They should be calling bond speed. <laughs> hey, listen, I, I'd be curious. I, I don't know if you've, if you've gotten into it much because I don't know if that customers are calling for the Tesla wheels yet, but I'd be curious at some point if you, you know, will you pull wheels or wheels and tires off a couple of different Tesla models? Will you weigh them? Will you see... Like you, you have a pretty good idea. Do that. We've already got a fitment for the yeah. Tesla Model S. We've done a set. 
Um, but I have done five sets of wheels for Priuses. Yeah. I mean, more people have bought them for Priuses than they have for Teslas, which is crazy. Well, you yeah, know, well, Prius owners are true car guys. There's a lot more. <laughs> there's a lot more Priuses out there than Teslas right now. If you yeah, think about but it. I really don't think of a Prius buyer as the I don't custom think so wheel either. guy. I don't know? think so either. But if you want to donk a Prius, give Brad a call. <laughs> the only reason. The only reason I think is maybe because um, back when he was alive, excuse me, George Barris built a custom Prius and used our wheels. Maybe these Prius people see that on the internet and then they could call be. us. Yeah. I mean, it, be. you know, because it was all over the place. Yeah. But uh, so we need somebody to build a custom Tesla. You know what? <laughs> I'm just going to hit up Elon and tell him to. to yeah. You know, I'm gonna, yeah. Can I use your name, Matt? Sure. Send him a tweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, uh, I'm kind of getting pushed for time, but I just. As we're recording this, I'm in Texas, so you guys know, but the listeners now know. We came out here for this PFL MMA event that Bravago was a part of. Um, but being out here, I'm in Arlington, close to to Dallas. So, you know, I got a text last night from our friend Aaron Shelby, and he's like, you're in town. You got to swing by. Come swing by the family office. And uh, so I did that this morning. Um, oh, cool. So- so when it's I was funny, showing I was, you guys was, on video of my fancy Shelby jacket. Yeah, got, yeah. nice jacket. It, my, it's funny because uh, I was talking to a gentleman uh, the other day. I, I, I think I have dad's law Ferrari sold. And, uh, and he was, and we were talking about Aaron just the other day. Cause I guess he just got off the phone with him the day before they're good buddies, jacket. but yeah, far out. Yeah. It's a good looking jacket, man. I don't think they've released the, uh, the 60th anniversary Shelby's 60th anniversary, uh, <laughs> the company anniversary this year. And, I don't think they released the all the the stuff yet. So well, they have now because uh, you've got they, it because <laughs> I've got one. Uh, but I will tell you. So uh, the Shelby family has this uh, family building. His dads and brothers, and they have several businesses. They've been in you know the Shelby licensing side, but also in their banking and and oil and gas and and whatnot. Uh, so they built the building, which is really. I thought they were chicken farmers. Maybe the Shelby side of the Shelby family, uh, but there's the other side of the Shelby family. Um, they built themselves a, a, a nice building. It's it's offices, but the ground floor they're building out just a lovely uh, museum. Uh, it's got Carol Shelby's first car he ever raced, which was an MG. Oh wow! They got that car. Um, they got Cobra. They got the the four GTs, the, the 2005, and then the new one, uh, a couple of the Shelby Mustangs. And uh, they've got two Shelby Cobra superformance cars, but they were the actual cars from the recent movie. Oh, and, uh, they found those cars, bought them from the, I think I bought them from the, from the studio. Yeah. From the production company, probably. Yeah. yeah bought them from the studio because it was a weird story. Like one of the cars is actually it's blue, but it's wrapped in blue. Uh, oh. it, it looks fine on camera, but up front you're like, Oh, this is kind of weird wrap. It's not that great. So I don't know why, but the studio was like, it's blue. You can't keep it blue. So if you're buying it, you got to take the wrap off and underneath the car is silver. So they did that. And then the studio was like, Oh, we're not done promoting it. Can we borrow the car? <laughs> Oh no. 
And he's like, sure. So they, they're like, we want to wrap it blue again. And he's like, okay, do whatever you want. So they wrapped it again to do the promotion. And then he's like, you're just going to leave the wrap on, right? We're done with this fussiness. And they did. So so it's the movie car. That's <laughs> it's an interesting story. But he's also got this really nice custom Aston Martin DBS, like modern day, like the DB11, the, the DBS version. They did like 24 special edition cars um, from the Q uh, division. And I think it was in honor of Shelby because he raced Aston Martin back in the day. And for some reason or another, communication kind of got crossed and the Shelby family wasn't really aware of the limited 24 cars. It went through the licensing side, which they don't really run. Um, they're much more involved now, but anyway, they're, they're, they're getting into it. And uh, so the Shelby family was like, oh, man, we missed our opportunity. We didn't even get any. By the way, they made 24 of them. And I think 20 of them sold in Europe and only like four in the U.S. Uh, so Aston Martin called back up and they said, sorry, you're right. You guys should have had the opportunity to buy one of these. We want to make a custom car for you guys, a one-off car. So they made this really gorgeous Aston Martin DBS with... Uh, you know, custom headliner with the number five in it. And then it's green with a carbon fiber roof. And on the outside of the roof, kind of ghosted into the clear coat is, uh, is <laughs> the number five. <laughs> anyway, cool stuff. Cool stuff. Well, sorry. Uh, while you were talking, I, I, I was in dad's warehouse a few weeks ago and, you know, he had two original Shelby's. He had an AC Cobra from 62. Yeah it was 289 and then he had that gt500 and uh, when i was in the warehouse i was i was looking through the old t-shirts and stuff upstairs and i found this old license plate frame and uh, dad wouldn't have one of these unless it was from either that cobra or 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 the, or the gt500 so i just i just sent that to you guys sorry about the ding um but i just sent that to you guys while, while you were telling the story because uh I thought that was pretty cool and relevant to the conversation. It cast. It looks like cast and heavy. It, it is. It's totally cast. It's the old days. It's not like machined or printed like mm-hmm. these days. It, or like a stamped like, metal, you know? Like It's like a stamped pot metal. Yeah. 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 On the back, it was all textured uh, like they used to be, you know? Yeah. So that, I thought it was pretty cool and very relevant to the conversation. So Yeah. Brad was <laughs> probably there. He probably made it by hand. <laughs> Sorry for the distraction. <laughs> but I've Brad got gets, one of those somewhere in my warehouse. No, Brad I'm, gets all these jokes because Pete's gone. That's the only reason I why I get the old man jokes. Because Pete was at like the first SEMA show when it was at Dodger Stadium, I think. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> I think he's like a founding member. He was truly OG. <laughs> yeah, he was super OG. So we could we could <laughs> razz him, but unfortunately he's he's gone. So we could just razz him in spirit. It just, it just comes down <laughs> well, to well, yeah. And, and, and but, I hey, just noticed that it says GT350 to 500. So it was probably from his 500. But I, yeah. I, I sent this to my buddy too when we were talking about Aaron because uh, I said, yeah, because uh, we were talking about the dealership that they used to have up here in Tahoe. And uh, and I said, yeah, I have I found an old license plate frame and sent it to him as well. So it was on my brain. All right. Okay, guys. Well, we're going to wrap it up. Um, but before we do, Matt saw my post, I know. Um, but... Uh, I'm thinking about having an open house and a warehouse clearance. 
because as you know, I'm clearing out a bunch of stuff in my warehouse and I have so much, you know, old inventory from the Bonneville sports days, t-shirts, hats, all kinds of stuff. Plus I've got, you know, wheels that uh, aren't really sets. They're more like, you know, if somebody wants to craft something like uh, anything from a hose reel to a light fixture, I got a lot of one-off stuff. Or if you just need wheels to roll around a project car, stuff like that, and uh, and a bunch of miscellaneous stuff, all kinds of stuff. Um, so, so I better uh, come visit before the sale, huh, Brad? Yeah. <laughs> so, but so Brad, we're concerned my- about your health. Are you sure you're okay? Why are you selling all this stuff? This is Charlotte's because probably losing I have her mind. To make room for more new stuff, man. So, yeah. um, but uh, this is stuff that didn't fit on your left rack. Is that what's going on? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> no, um, no. I mean, as you guys know, my garage shop at home is going away. It's, uh, it's, it's becoming a guest house for my mom. So I've got to consolidate and. Um, and I've got to bring some stuff over from my warehouse in Arizona. And I've got to bring all the stuff from the shop there. And I just don't have the room. So a lot of stuff's going bye-bye. And uh, I'll regret it, you know. But <laughs> as soon as I get my stairway built, um, that way I will have that part of the warehouse done. And I can open up. So, you know, watch my social media. I'll mention it here on the show. But... We'll make it a party. Maybe we'll do a live shift and steer the day of it or something like that. So Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah. Let's so, let's see what's you in guys Brad's can pick out and go, look at this. Brad has this. Can you believe this? <laughs> it's a box from BM where they used to give away in catalogs. Or, you know, or because the last time Brad did this, I bought a watch. That, there you, you go. Know, so I got one. <laughs> that that, that I don't wear and it just sits on my desk as a little memento. Yeah. So I've been shredding documents and, uh, and, and, you know, from, I I went through a box yesterday and man, you know, when I had my truck and trailer out on the road, we did, we had binders and it was like, okay, this weekend we're in Columbus at good guys. The next weekend we're in Louisville for the street rod nationals. Oh, then we're in Monterey. Then we're, I mean, we were everywhere and then in between there were jewelry shows for the watch company and there were it was nuts i couldn't believe i forgot how many shows we used to do wow those were the good old days so definitely the good old days of abundance of paper use (laughs) hey guys um tell them where they can find us online of course, shiftandsteer.com is the website, and uh, we appreciate you guys listening and uh, all the nice things. And the emails, send some emails, ask some yes. questions. Yeah, like Ken up. did. Yeah. Come on, participate. And we love can, things to uh, talk about. <laughs> you can follow me at Motorator on social media, but I think you guys knew that already. Yeah, I think they did. I think so. Yeah, I think so. I don't think we have new listeners. They're like just, you know. Really? We know all this. You can find me at Aaron Hagar anywhere. You know, they know all that. Hey, don't forget, <laughs> every episode we have new listeners, and they need to know that they can find me at Bradley underscore Fanshawe <laughs> or Brad Fanshawe on Twitter. Bradley underscore is on IG. On, Instagram. On, on, on the Musk Twitter. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. Uh, See you later, everybody. Matt, Thanks, have a good flight back. home. Thank Aaron, you. have fun at the races. And Thank I'm going to be building a stairway. All right. Called the stairway to heaven. Don't yeah. hurt yourself, Brad. <laughs> <laughs>
Don't oh. hurt yourself. <laughs> This show also listens to Man Seeks Adventure and Dixon's Wild Ride. You can find Man Seeks Adventure at manseeksadventure.com. Would you love to save money on insurance? Well, of course. Who doesn't love a good deal? Well, when it comes to great rates on insurance for everything, GEICO can help. Insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, RV, even homeowners, condo, and renters coverage. Save even more with a special discount when you bundle coverages. Plus, add the easy-to-use GEICO mobile app and 24-hour roadside assistance, and the switch to GEICO becomes a no-brainer. Switch today and see how you can save. Simply go to geico.com to get a rate quote or contact your local agent.